Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that affects your life in any way money-wise. We're talking about it. Today, we're continuing our conversation of preparing for your taxes. Part one was last week with charitable giving. Joining me today is Jason Baxter. He's the senior manager at WSRP and also Susan Spears, who is the CEO of UACPA. Jason, I do want to go into... The big event that happened this year, which was the child tax credit. This year, July, I believe it started, people who had children started receiving checks in the mail that was their child tax credit, or at least a portion of the child tax credit. So first of all, what is the child tax credit? Let's start there, because I don't have kids, and how come I just don't get money in the mail coming to me? Come on. That's a good question. Now, now the child tax credit has been around for for a long time. You know, right before Trump, it was a thousand dollars per per child, and it was refundable. And so, it kind of gives an incentive or, or a tax benefit for for having children to kind of help subsidize the cost. Under the Trump administration, it was expanded to two thousand dollars, and up to fourteen hundred dollars of that could uh, could be refundable. And most recently, we have the advanced child tax credit. And that's most more specifically what you're referring to. Not only did the credit increase this year, but how people received it also was a big game changer. Yeah, you know, this was a big difference from, from previous years. And a lot of people may have noticed some money being deposited into their account or receiving a check from the IRS without really understanding it. And that's where this this comes from. It was a additional credit this year, which was prepaid. So if you had a child between zero or six or six to 17, every month, an additional amount may have been put into your your account, or you may have received a prepaid debit card or or a check of some sort. And this was, uh, you know, a benefit and it actually helped out a lot of people. So if you had a kid between the ages of zero and six, you may have been eligible for a $300 payment. And, and, that's, if you had a kid and that's every month, $300 payment every month between July 15th and December 15th. Exactly right. So, so every month for those six months, you may have received a deposit at, or for your six to 17 year old, a deposit of $250. 
And that is kind of a, a prepayment of a credit that will be reconciled on your tax return. We'll, we'll get into some more details on that. But the, the big news is that's why you're getting the money this year. It's an advance payment of the child tax credit based on a new law that was passed in March of this year. And unfortunately, right now, December is the last payment. In January, we'll have to see what happens. But uh, as of right now, there will not be a payment for January. Ooh, okay, I can see a few people getting used to that payment for the last six months and going, oh, where's my money? But again, it was only the the entire tax credit, depending on the age, I'll just say $3,000. is $3,000 for the entire year per child. But parents only received half that amount. Between July and December, they only got $1,500 total. So when they file their taxes in April of 2022, if they qualify, they'll get the other $1,500. That's correct. Okay. The most that could be paid out right now is half. So half would still be pending. So they're still going to get some money if they qualify. Okay. And, and there was a lot of people wanted to opt out of this because if you don't qualify, you may have to pay this back. And one of my coworkers tried to opt out and it caused an even bigger mess. And so whenever clients asked, well, maybe I should opt out. I was like, no, just let the money come, keep it. And you have to pay it back. You'll pay it back. And so you started getting half the amount you were due. If your payment was $3,000 per child, you wound up receiving $1,500 over the last six months. Yes. So then when you file your taxes April 15th, you would then get the other $1,500 that you're due for that child. Yeah. Okay. If you qualify. Yeah. Susan, what are those qualifications? Why I've got kids. Well, me not, but if I have kids, I want my fair share. Why wouldn't I qualify? Well, what we have to look at is this was part of the American Rescue Plan passed in March of 2021. From the pandemic, a lot of people were still struggling, you know, to make ends meet because, you know, we had the big shutdown. And and so this part of the premise of this is, you know, we have 36 million, 36 million kids in the nation whose needs aren't being met. You know, parents were laid off work. What we're seeing, though, is parents have now gone back to work, and we are seeing um, cases where if your modified adjusted gross income, let's say, for 2021 exceeds $120,000, which we're kind of hearing some rumblings that it very well could for some people, the taxpayer may have to pay part of that advanced child credit back. This is one of the reasons why many taxpayers said, you know what, I don't want it. I, I, I don't want to have to run that risk of having to pay it back. I'm doing a lot better. I'm back on my feet. In fact, I'm back on my feet and I'm doing better than I was before. So, so you know, there are a lot of different things that played into this. I'm, you know, um, so when you file your return, I want everybody to know that's listening to this in January of 2022, the IRS will be mailing out letters. It'll be called letter 6419. 
And it's going to indicate how much they paid you for this advanced child credit. That's a pretty important piece of paper that as you prepare your taxes or as you go into your CPA and have them prepare your taxes, because we have to reconcile this credit, this advanced credit with what you actually qualify for as a child tax credit to complicate things further. So when you file your 2021 tax return, you're going to compare the amount of the advanced child tax credit payments that you received to the amount of child tax credit that you actually qualify for, okay? So if the amount of child tax credit that you qualify for exceeds the amount of the advanced child tax credit that you received, you will either get a refund for the difference. So let's say I received $1,000 in advanced child tax credit. I actually qualified for $1,500. I will either receive a refund of $500 or that $500 will be applied to any tax liability that I owe on my return. Okay. The income limits come into play too, you know, the adjusted gross income. Because if you make excess income, then, I mean, that's, that's, that's going to hurt your qualification. So we could switch that into a position where, wow, I took out advanced child tax credit that I shouldn't have right. because I paid too much money. So I could find myself in a position where I have to pay it all back. Uh, you know, on the other extreme. Right. Jason, you were saying you have a couple of kids and you received $1,500 over six months for one of them and 1800 for the other. So if you get this letter and it says, okay, we gave you a total of, what is that, $3,300, but guess what? You didn't qualify at all. Or maybe you only qualified for a total of a thousand. Now all of a sudden you're having to owe more money to the IRS when you file your taxes. Yeah, because this was you're exactly right, Heather. This was based on last year or 2020's tax return. So if I happen to have made a lot more money because my spouse started working or something like that, or I got a new job that paid a lot more, and all of a sudden now I'm over that. $150,000 threshold of this credit limit, I would have to pay it back, even though it was already given to me. And so that's one of the the pitfalls of this advanced child tax credit. It's not going to affect a lot of people, but a few people, it's really going to impact quite severely. And that's why it's so important that when you get this letter 6419, as Susan talked about, maintain it, whether you're going to file your own tax return or you're going to take it to a tax preparer or CPA to have prepared, this is almost as important as the W-2. All right. I need to take a little mental break from that one. We're going to take a break and come right back and go over a few more things we may need in order to prepare for our taxes. So we'll be right back with Jason Baxter, Senior Manager at WSRP, and Susan Spears, the CEO of UACPA. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. 
Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that if it affects your life in any way, money-wise, we're talking about it. And today we're talking about preparing for your taxes when we have to file our taxes in April of 2022. Joining me today is Jason Baxter, the Senior Manager of WSRP, and also Susan Spears, the CEO of UACPA. Our first segment, we discussed the child tax care credit, which you're going to have to deal with on your taxes if you had kids and received money. But there are other things that could affect your tax returns in 2022. Susan, in the old days, we saved every scrap of paper, every receipt, and then it'd be all in a shoebox. And I'd bring it into you and I'd go, here, do my taxes, Susan, thanks. And I'd leave and I'd just be like, whew, done. Not so easy anymore. I mean, we still need to keep those scraps of paper, if you will. Those scraps of paper, meaning your W-2s, any interest and dividend statements that you get um, from, you know, your savings accounts or if you're investing money, make sure that you keep those. Property taxes on your home, mortgage interest statements, you know, medical expenses, you know, we talked earlier that if we think we're kind of close, you know, it's a good idea to run those numbers. Are we going to itemize? Are we going to do the standard deduction? In fact, I would recommend that we probably ought to be running those estimates right now so that we can decide which one we're going to do. That gives us a good start. If you're on social security, make sure that you're get you're getting those statements. Most important of all, add to your list is this letter 6419 from the IRS on these advanced child tax credits. They are integral to the preparation of your return. And that one you said will be an actual physical letter because a lot of these items that you just discussed, your mortgage interest, your dividends, things like that, that's electronic now. It may come in an email, but mostly you have to actually, you yourself actually have to log into your account and go to the statement drop-down menu and either print it out or just copy from that onto your tax return if you're doing it electronically as well. So there's a lot more I would say there could be a lot more work now that a lot of things are digital now than when it used to be paper because it used to just come to you in the mail and then you just had to put it in the shoebox or wherever you're going to put it. But now you have to physically go hunt and peck and go through every single account and get your statements yourself. That, that's right. That's, that's why I say it. it's, more, it's more difficult. I mean, you know what? We just have to be more responsible, I guess. But this letter from the IRS will be a physical letter. Those of you who have portals on the IRS website that have actually gone in and set up your portal and everything, that information will be there. But IRS also recognizes that not everybody has set up that portal. And so they will be sending out that letter physically 
to the mailing address as you reported on the last tax return you filed. Ooh, if I moved on December 15th, I filed a different address in April of 2021. So that letter is going to go to my old address. Well, unless you filed your change of address form. So that bus says, geez, I better get to the post office or get online. I mean, you can do that on USPS.com and change your address. Get that done so that it will, I mean, it'll forward to your new address. But if you don't change that, then that letter is going to go to your address and probably get thrown away by whomever is living in your old place. Right. So that's something to kind of keep in mind because we also know there's been a lot of movement with people moving into new homes or new apartments or what have you. Yeah. Jason, what other things should we be looking for that we should be saving or hunting for on our electronic accounts? Yeah, that's a good point. And we talked about charitable donations earlier and this is some records that you'll need to keep as well because not always will you receive written acknowledgement from the charity if you're if you're under 250 dollars you probably will not receive any acknowledgement from the charity so you'll need to keep um you know a canceled check or perhaps a receipt um, of the payment of the, of the contribution you made to that charity that's another thing that could be added to what uh, susan recommended okay any else that we need to go over? I'm sure, well, there's a ton. There's everything we need to go over, like preparing for your taxes. But I think for me, it's so important to start gathering that information now and adding up those numbers before the calendar turns over to the next year, especially as you were saying, if we're really close to that standard deduction that happens on our tax returns, we may just want to give to charity to bump that up. And not only will it help a charity, which is the ultimate goal here, but it will benefit me a bit on my tax return as well. Right, right. It's being proactive rather than reactive. You know, we come to April 15th and it's, oh no, I owe $500 that I didn't expect. Let's be a little proactive right now before the year end closes and be mindful of what we need to be aware of and start gathering come even January 1st, post-tax year. And Jason, one last thing, maybe going back to the child tax credit, assuming that they just don't continue to mail the checks or deposit them in people's accounts, does everything just go back to the way it used to be in 2022? You just have to wait until the following year to get your child tax credit? That is how it is currently scheduled to go, is we'll revert back to the standard $2,000 per child credit. Okay. And you'll have to wait until you file a return to take advantage of that credit. Okay, so I knew it got bumped up from $2,000 to $3,000 or $3,600, depending on the age of your child. But I, I thought that number was going to stay the same. But you're saying not only will you not get a deposit every month, that child tax credit is being reduced as well. Yes, both. You wouldn't be getting the advance payment deposited directly or checks in the mail. And ultimately, the, 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 the total number is much smaller next year. Okay, so my child is worth a lot less starting <laughs> next year. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jason Baxter. You're the senior manager at WSRP, and Susan Spears, the CEO of Utah's Association of Certified Public Accountants. And you've helped walk us through what we need to know to prepare for our taxes. But a big one is the charitable donations. If you do want to get in on that and benefit yourself, you need to do that before December 31st. And then also the child tax credit, which was kind of big, and it's going away and dropping the amount as well. Yeah, it's stay tuned. (laughs) Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media, Money Making Sense, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.